Good day, Saints fans and NFLers around the world. Welcome to the Who That Dish podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things New Orleans Saints as part of Fanside. I'm your host, Tyler Raymond, with a new mic this week. There you go. And I'm also your host, Dayton Brown. Thank you so much for tuning in to Episode 5. We are halfway through double digits. Um, I would love to welcome our next guest onto today's show. He is a college football junkie and an analyst who hosts his own podcast on SoundCloud. Be sure to check him out, Catch the Blitz Podcast. Um, he's also on five episodes and counting with live streams every Monday and Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Also with over 2,300 Instagram followers, please welcome to the show, Christian Catanacci. Christian, how are you doing, Woo! man? How are you guys? Good, man. How are you doing? Pleasure yeah. being on the Good. show. Pleasure being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We, Anytime, we, man. Anytime. I've been, I've been wanting you on the show ever since we came up with the idea of this podcast. I've been following you on Instagram for quite some time now. Uh, the be, Guys, be sure to check out Christian, uh, Catch the Blitz on Instagram. Fantastic stuff, well-edited, everything, uh, very professional-looking stuff. And obviously all the research he puts into it backs up any of the stuff that he does. Um, Christian, what? I'll just ask you this. Uh, what got you into college football? Honestly, I just love football. Like The whole idea of it, I've been following it since I was a little kid because it's kind of inherited it in my family my whole uh family kind of follows um football big time so i've just inherited it and i i kind of just like you know i fell in love with the whole idea of being an analyst like i love mm. studying the game i love studying players and i just love watching football just to look at new studs in the future especially that's why i love college football um in general i love watching guys that i think will play a big impact in the future of the nfl as the game's constantly changing year by year and that's i just fell in love with that idea so that's why i kind of pursue it every single day that's all, yeah i relate to that that's i'm awesome. sure i'm sure tyler does too we relate to that analyst aspect yeah. that you brought up we love uh looking over the game looking deeper than most uh, casual fans exactly. do and, yeah, and you know exactly. putting work into it and whatnot um so yeah fantastic to have you on um it's great that you pretty much started from scratch your own podcast i i've been there before too and i know how it's tough at first but obviously you have a lot of fun um so Fantastic. Oh, I love, You've I gotten love it, it off yeah. the ground. Good to hear, man. Good to hear. Um, so great. Tyler and I are going to do articles of the week real quick. It is a, um, a weekly segment for us where we discuss our most recent articles, and then we pick one from another contributor to praise and talk about. So Tyler, go ahead and give me your article and an article from another contributor. All right. So the article I have, I would have had a, a newer one out, but that will be coming out probably in the next couple of days. Uh, so I'm going to be uh, talking about my latest one I wrote. It's basically the Saints couldn't have. A better number one wide receiver and Michael Thomas. Basically, it goes into the stats, what Michael Thomas had last year, you know, with the departure of Brandon Cooks. Now, what the impact's going to be for Michael Thomas, you know, in this offense, how he's going to be contributing, what he's going to be doing week after week. It's a great article if you love Michael Thomas and uh, can't guard Mike. So check it out if you love that, you know, on uh, whodatdish.com. And the other one I've got is actually by our editor, uh, Dean Mullen. Basically, his article is called the top five must-win games for the New Orleans Saints in 2017. And that article just goes into, basically, he talks about the Bears, the Jets, the Redskins, the Rams, and the Vikings. Basically, he believes those are the five games that the Saints need to win in 2017. He talks about what each of those teams have done and how the Saints need to um, combat those teams. But yeah, both great articles. How about you, Dayton? What you got for us this week? Both of those articles were fantastic. Especially, I really liked yours on uh, uh, Michael Thomas. Um, Thanks, I, I was thinking Thanks. that might have gotten it. his attention too, uh, just because of you know when I did one for Adam Big Hill, it got his attention. But obviously, Michael Thomas is, is on the up and up. Um, but so yep. um, the article that I recently wrote actually came out last week. Um, it's called um, "The Five Quarterbacks Saints Fans Would Love to See Replace Drew Brees." Obviously, we don't want nice to choice. see. 
uh, Drew Brees be replaced. Obviously, we would love for him to play forever, but the time for him to be replaced is coming up. Um, and so on the list uh, of the five, three of them are going to be either rookies in 2018 or 2019, and then the two other are going to be free agents in either 2018 or 2019, right around the same time. We'd be um, replacing Drew Brees if he decides to retire. We'll delve more into the rookies um, at the very end with Christian, but the three rookies were Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and Josh Allen, who are the highly touted quarterback prospects uh, in college football right now. And then the other two quarterbacks uh, was Teddy Bridgewater and Jimmy Garoppolo, who have chances to be free agents in either 2018 or 2019, like I said. So yeah. be sure to check that out. Really interesting stuff. I got a little bit of hate for it because people were like, uh, why are you talking about replacing Drew Brees? Yeah. I'm like, man, he's 38 years he's old. He's forever? We got to start, we gotta start thinking about replacing him anyway. Um, and then my other one that I wanted to plug in uh, was from uh, G Balance, who, who has been pumping out fantastic content for us. Uh, is the Saints secondary becoming primary? He pretty much walks you through the woes of the Saints secondary, which is a lot um, for, through – at just the recent years too like he could have went further with how poor our secondary has been throughout the history of the team but he just kept it within since uh, we won the Super Bowl in 09 um and but then he talks about the positives that we've had lately with Kenny Vaccaro obviously the draft and Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams so uh, be sure to check that out on com. if you don't live there you should be living there right now Christian yep. <laughs> very very excited to be picking your brain today um I'm, I'm, I'm mainly excited Agreed. to be focusing in on the Saints uh because um uh, you obviously cover a wide range of um, oh, college yeah, of football and, and, and drafting and whatnot, but it, it's going to be nice to get your opinion on Especially um, my favorite, one of my favorite prospects in this year's draft. I love was, the guy coming. And that actually leads me into my very first question for you. Um, episode three awesome. of your podcast was the match or no match for um, the draft picks um, in 2017. Uh, and Marshawn Lattimore was one of your best graded fits in your match or no match podcast. I think you actually probably from what I from what I listened through, he might have been the most highly touted guy that you were yeah. talking about. What makes oh, him yeah. fit in so well with the Saints, and what is his ceiling? More importantly, in the league. Um. Well, first off, I'm going to start off that this selection was probably I know it was the top. It was I think it was 11th pick, but yep. the, he was the biggest steal in the draft. I think by far. Yep. I thought this guy was a lock, top five pick. The talent was there, and you know what? The Saints just got, they just came to him. And like, like Sean Payton said, he said that we thought, they pretty much thought that they had no chance of picking him. And they thought he was going to the top five. I remember reading an article um, just days after the draft. And to me, Marshawn Lattimore was a top three prospect in this entire draft. I compared him to Aqib Tlaib. I think Aqib Tlaib is a top five corner in this league. Mm-hmm. And the, the potential that Lattimore brings into this league is ridiculous. He ran a 4-3-6-40, and that was with a banged-up hamstring. Um, I, uh, like I said, I compared him to Aqib Tlaib, and I think he's definitely a Pro Bowl-caliber player, if not first year, but definitely within the next few years. When it comes to, when it comes to his ceiling, I think that he can, have a poten- he can have the potential to have a Marcus Peters-like rookie year. And that says a lot, because I don't just like to throw out those numbers, because I, I'm normally the guy that's not... I don't put too much expectations on rookies because it is a big jump from college to the NFL. But I think right. that um, Marshawn Lattimore is definitely a guy that can it instantly come in and make an impact on especially a very thin um, secondary. I know you don't really don't want to hear it when it comes from a Saints <laughs> fan like you guys, but it's, it's definitely a thin secondary. And I think Lattimore is definitely a person that you want to put in there, especially in a young team that's coming up. I know you guys did on the offensive side of the ball of, um, with Michael Thomas, but 
when it comes to building your defense around a certain player, I think Lattimore is perfect fit. And like I said, his ceiling is definitely to have a first um, a first year impact in his ceiling is definitely, um, I think he, he can 100%, if not, um, reach what Marcus Peters did, um, top that. I think he has um, potential to get six, seven picks in his first year. We all, we all know that this guy's a ball hawk. We saw it in, at Ohio State. Um, and when it comes to future ceiling, I think this guy, like I said earlier, he's, um, he could be, I think he will be a Pro Bowl caliber player for the Saints. And you guys definitely got a steal, like I said, probably one of the biggest steals in the draft. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. Um, Dayton and I have been talking a lot, you know, uh, over the past few weeks about, you know, who the Saints have acquired and will it be enough? You know, we both agree that uh, Lattimore has been phenomenal. You know, he's phenomenal at Ohio State. We could both agree, even though he didn't play a ton. And hopefully he'll be phenomenal in the NFL, you know. What do you think, Dayton? Yeah, um, it helps that Lattimore is coming from DB University, essentially, Ohio State. Um, LSU, <laughs> I, I would say LSU is like a close second. Um, but Ohio State always pumps out fantastic uh, defensive backs. Marshawn exactly. Lattimore yeah. is the newest one of them. Um, his, his, his He fits because he's so diverse. Like He could go into any defense no matter what they run, and he's going to be able to contribute, whether it be a nickelback or a lockdown corner. That's just what he brings physically and mentally onto the field. And I agree with you. I think that – and. I mean, it's great to hear it come from you, too, as not from a biased Saints fan, but this was the biggest deal in the draft. This was by yeah, far I, I, the biggest this, deal in the draft. This, I, I agree. I agree 100%. I remember sitting there on draft day, even thinking to myself, like, how the heck yeah. is this guy? I yeah, just didn't get it. Like, all, I felt like, awesome. And especially such a defensive-heavy draft. There's guys like John Ross. Like, I, I respect yeah. John Ross 100%. But, like, you know, Cincinnati could have used the guy like Lattimore. There's so many teams that they could have used that could have used Lattimore because yep. who the heck doesn't need a number one corner that's picking yep. top ten? There's a reason why you're picking top ten. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So there has to be something wrong with your team. And Lattimore just fits the bill. And I just can't – like, as a, as a non-biased fan, I just love the game, right? I don't have a team. But when it comes to – when I saw that pick at the Saints, I was – it just put a smile on my face because I was like, honestly, a team finally pulled the trigger and – I guarantee you that this guy is going to be a future Pro Bowl player for this guy's yeah. for the Saints because I just don't see how a player with so much potential like that can't not even live up to partial. And even if he doesn't even live up to the full potential, if he, even if he does 50% of his potential, that's still yeah. a well above average corner because no. that's yeah. just how special this guy is. Yeah, yeah, and it's great though, you know. Um, so the question I've got for you, Christian, is do you think and now that the Saints drafted Lattimore – do you think he'll improve our secondary enough to make it respectable, to make our defense decent enough, you know, make our secondary decent enough? Um, yes, I think. Um, but it's definitely not going to be like a right-away thing, if you know what I'm saying, right? But like, yeah. they also picked up Marcus Williams, who was a yep. great safety from Utah, right? So, I mean, yep. um, that's, that's definitely going to help, um, help make the secondary respectable. And another th- reason why, I think it'll... Um, make it respectable is because Marshall Lattimore is, I mean, not Marshall Lattimore, the Saints are in, um, look at the quarterbacks in that division. I mean, they're all very, mm-hmm. very good. They pass heavy. They, you know, they all got arms, right? So Marshall Lattimore is going to have a lot of chance to make plays. And if people start seeing that, wow, this kid's like, you know, like what they see that this kid can do, I, it's going to turn a lot of heads and it's going to make them realize like, wow, you know what? You got to watch out. And Nick, he can possibly, I think he's got the potential to, be that lockdown guy like a Richard Sherman, like a Pat Pete, like a Marcus Peters. Like, you know, he literally just covers that one side of the field. And quarterbacks know, like, you do not throw to that side. If you want to throw to it, you throw one or two times a game, but that's <laughs> it, right? Right. And yeah. I think that itself really makes, makes it respectable. Yeah. You know, and the thing day, right? Like, he may, 
obviously you're not going to go, oh, we can't throw this guy the first game, right? Because he's still a rookie. Right. But with the with the potential that he brings, and I think that he can, you're definitely going to see a lot of it first year. I think by the end of the year, teams are going to, they're definitely going to be cautious when throwing to his side of the field. That's for sure. Yeah, and I and think you look at too. Oh, here you want to go first thing? You want me to get? I mean, it? You go ahead, Tyler. No, you're good, man. Okay, I just wanted to add that. Um, I think the only thing right now Lattimore is going to have to go through is um PJ Williams because what the Saints have right now, they have Delvin Bro locked up on one side. So obviously he's our number one right now, unless oh, anything yeah. happens. And then right now, I think most people are projecting PJ Williams. Uh, a cornerback who the Saints have had for a while who's been injured, though, as a number two. So I think if – this is my two cents right now, but I think if Lattimore, you know, learns the defense really quickly and is able to just plug and play, I agree with you completely. I hope he does phenomenal, but I expect I, that's big another, things. Yes, from. exactly. That's another reason why, like, he could be that plug-and-play guy. Um, I think he'll have a great camp when it comes down to it. Uh, is he participating? I think he is. I think his <laughs> strings fully healed, right? Yeah, so yeah. – and like I, a guy like Marshawn Lattimore, he should pick up the defense relatively quickly. That's not a guaranteed, but um, with a guy like his work ethic, we saw it at Ohio State too. He looks like a guy that just doesn't give up until he, you know, until he's satisfied. And he, especially when he is, I guess you can't really be satisfied when you're a caliber player like that. You always want to be better than you already are. And I think that's a guy that Marshawn Lattimore is. And um, definitely, I was even thinking about that too. PJ Williams. Yes, he's in the way, but I definitely think that it wouldn't be tough for Marshawn Latimer to overcome, but the only thing that's kind of standing in his way is like a veteran, right? Someone who knows the playbook um, in that sense. When it comes to talent, I think Marshawn Latimer is much, much better. But um, I think come midseason, I think he will be definitely a full-time starter. Yeah, If not the first game. I expect (laughs) that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially like you said, how thin our – our defensive backs core is and yeah. overall how our, how thin our defense is uh, depth chart wise. I think the most important thing for Lattimore, um, I, I think that his drafting automatically makes our secondary just at least a little bit more respectable. Um, and not only does it show that the saints are trying to improve in that department, um, they got the number one talent um, and he was oh, yeah. especially the number one talent after, and I've, I've, I think I've said this before on the podcast, especially after what happened to Gary and Conley um, a couple days before um, like Gary and Conley might, maybe might be like better overall talent maybe or with instincts and stuff but that incident obviously draws red flags and Marshawn Lattimore has no incidents of that such so that propelled him really has is his hamstring yeah and that's it and and that was also a problem with Patrick Peterson coming out of college uh and and obviously he's doing pretty fine in the NFL um but I think I think the most important thing um that'll make Lattimore stand out from everybody else not only in that draft but to make the Saints secondary and defense overall better in the coming years it's going to be how he's going to be able to lead his leadership abilities um, because I just did a, a or a couple weeks ago I did a top five cornerbacks in Saints history it was tough to find it because there weren't a whole lot of guys who who stood out um, on and off the field for the Saints um, all those guys on the list they were leaders especially um, the fourth on the list Jabari Greer he le- he was fantastic he was such oh, a definitely. maestro in that defense uh, when we won the Super Bowl so we're gonna uh, we're gonna need Marshawn Lattimore to step up especially if he becomes a starter his first season which I think he will be um, he's gonna need to step up be a leader uh, on and off the field lead the team in the battle uh, week in and week out so um, yeah, I, I really, I really, really loved his drafting. Um, and speaking of drafting, you you did a fit or no fit for every, every single team drafted in the first round, um, and that obviously included some NFC South teams, which are in the same division as the Saints. Um, now, 
which NFC South team besides New Orleans, I'm not sure if you consider them drafting the best. Obviously, they had one of the best steals. But which NFC South team, I guess, besides New Orleans, drafted the best in your opinion? Um, well, I'm just going to go and say it. I think New Orleans, okay. in terms of their division, I think they drafted on a class of their own. Okay. Um, I wasn't too high. I know a lot of people, I, I was reading articles that saying that Carolina won the draft in NFC South. A lot of people I, like Tampa. I, I like Tampa too. That's That was the team that I had at second. Um, OJ Howard. Because of OJ Howard and Justin yeah. Evans. Even Chris Goodwin. I think he's um, I think he's a very underrated player, even though it's going to be hard for him to fit in with the crowded uh, receiving core they definitely have. Um, but the person, the people, uh, um, I'm going to talk about, obviously, New Orleans, we all know that they drafted fantastic. I loved every single pick in that whole draft, especially the round six pick, uh, Mohamed the D out of Miami. I think L. Hayden Mohamed. Oh yeah, I think I think yeah. he's a very um, over. He was a very overlooked prospect. Um, he definitely did show flashes because I'm a guy that travels to Florida a lot with family, so I go um, watch Miami games whenever I can. And oh, he awesome. was always a guy who caught my eye. Um, during the game because that's kind of things I look for. I look for guys who fly under the radar. I know there's going to be the studs that people go watch, but I like to watch for the other guys because I don't know. I already know what I'm going to get with majority guys when it comes to college football, but there's other guys that I like to keep my eye on and say, you know what? Who is the guy that people don't talk about that caught my eye the best? And that's, he was always the guy who caught my eye when I, came, when I went to go watch uh, Miami U games. That's for sure. Yeah, but um, in terms of the division, Carolina, when I go to Carolina's draft, I, I wasn't too high on their picks. I don't remember if you, um, from my no uh, fit, no fit um, podcast. I, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, when it comes to talent wise, he's definitely a, a great, great player. Oh, but is he a plug in and play running back? I don't know. Um, yeah. I think he's got kind of a system guy, right? When it comes to Carolina, you need that guy that's going to be a plug in and play guy, the guy who runs downhill. He's like, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, I guess he can do that, but he's uh, to me, he's more of like a Darren Sproles type back, um, if you know what I'm talking about. And then when they go to the, then when they go to Curtis Samuel, they kind of just took the same player back to back. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. I don't know yeah. if players are gonna really, really fit their get system. it. Like they kind of confused me, right? Exactly. They just took like the same like the same player back to back because Curtis Samuel to me is not a receiver at all. He's a running back. Like mm-hmm. he's a he's a patch cast pass catching running back, and that's exactly what Christian McCaffrey is. So I don't know what they were thinking there. Um, and then the other picks, I mean, they were just whatever guys, like they took, uh, Tyler, Taylor Moten, uh, the guard out of Western Michigan solid. I mean, they definitely need to beef up the line, but he's definitely not going to be a guy that's going to be an everyday starter. I don't think. Um, and even the other picks, there was nothing special. So I think Carolina, to be honest with you was, I have them as one of the losers in the draft. Um, when it goes to Tampa Bay, like I said, I definitely like what they did. Um, they're second to new Orleans. And when I moved to Atlanta, um, I wasn't a fan of uh, Tickaris McKinley coming out of college. I think he's more of like an outside linebacker kind of guy. I don't know if they're yeah. drafted him to do that. I think they drafted him to put his uh, finger in the ground and to put his hand in the dirt and um, get after the quarterback. I don't know if he does that, but I'm, I mean, I could be wrong. I wasn't high on him. I was high at a, on Taco Charlton, the guy who slid to Dallas. I really liked him. I thought that yeah. he would fit great in Atlanta because he's kind of that guy. He's big. He's physical. He's, got, he's very raw, right? Um, I think mm. he definitely, especially, I know I'm getting off topic here, but I think he's he could be a, um, a very good player for the Cowboys. But moving back onto Atlanta, I think the biggest, their best pick, I think, was DeMonte Kazee, the quarterback at San Diego State. I um, mean, I think they picked him in the fifth or sixth round. I believe it was the fifth. Um, 
he's a he's a ball hawking corner that they kind of need. They need to force turnovers, right? Especially like I said, yep. in a in a in a league, in a division that has so many pass heavy quarterbacks like uh, Drew Brees. I'm obviously not Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, and uh, Jameis Winston. You need a guy that's going to force um, picks. And Devontae Kazee, he obviously had I think he had like 13 career picks in college or something mind-boggling like that but he's definitely a guy that can turn the ball over I don't know if how it'll translate because he is undersized but Atlanta they had an okay draft nothing special it was kind of just average they filled positions and needs but they didn't really get that guy that they know oh my god you know what this guy's gonna be a stud like New Orleans did and like Tampa did with OJ Howard right um and another one that I wanted to highlight in the the another uh pick that I like to highlight um in New Orleans draft Ryan Ramjic. I really yeah, like yeah. I really, really like this pick. Um, when it comes to, a, especially um, a team like New Orleans, a guy who needs, you know, I mean, Drew Brees is on the later end of his career. I guess we can all um, admit that. Um, and you want to protect him. Obviously, you want this guy to play as long as he is because he's definitely a future Hall of Famer. He's probably arguably a top five quarterback of all time, to me at least. Um, and he's fantastic. And you obviously don't want him to get a cheap hit later on. So, I mean, even for the future, you obviously want to get that left tackle because left tackles are very overlooked in the um, NFL. Without one, you pretty much, I mean, no quarterback can be, uh, can reach his potential with three to four seconds. Like, right. Like not even that, like two seconds. If a guy's in your face, I mean, I don't care how good you are. You're not going to make the throw. Right. And especially pressure coming off the left side. I think Ryan Ramchick's definitely a good guy that um, New Orleans needs. They they need, um, they need a big tackle like that. I really like that pick. And I mean, I like this pick at the, at the, um, in the moment, and I definitely like it now. I really liked Alvin Kamara. I, I was, I really like. He was my, I think, third or fourth running back in this year's draft. And the fact that you guys got him in the third round is very, very good. I mean, you definitely did sign Adrian Peterson, so it's a crowded backfield. But I think for the future, if you can keep that guy, maybe two, three years down the road, I think he's going to be a stud because he's very, very big and physical. And I really liked watching that guy in Tennessee. He was very, very fun to watch. Yeah, that's for. Yeah, um, when it I, comes I to think they, them, yeah, I think I think New Orleans was in a class of their own. I don't think anyone drafted near nor close to them in the NFC South. That's for sure. That's you want to go in, or you want me to give you uh, my two? Cents? I just I just wanted to say, yeah, I I was really I think the Saints also won, and that's not even me. Like I said, being biased, I think that they got yeah. every, everywhere you look, they got steals. Kamara, Ramchick, uh, Lattimore. I think Marcus Williams was a steal. Uh, like you said, yeah, he, he and Marcus Williams. Yeah, Muhammad was a steal. Uh, I mean. Lattimore could have went seventh or eighth. Lattimore could have went to the Panthers. Like I, I think that the Panthers should have probably selected Marshawn That's, Lattimore. That, I, I really think they should do. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey because, like, and, and it's kind of the same thing with the Falcons when they're selecting because the the Falcons don't need to to be rushing the court like more help rushing the quarterback. They they Vic Beasley led the league in sacks a year ago. Uh, they got Adrian Claiborne. They, I mean, they have guys on the defensive end and linebacking core. Um, so I think it's kind of overkill when they selected Top McKinley, as great of a player as he is. Uh, reminds me of what the Buccaneers did um, a few years ago when they tried to beef up their defensive line by just drafting a bunch of defensive linemen. And the draft, it, it didn't pan out for them. And, and that's why I think that the Falcons kind of messed up there. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that the Saints, everywhere you look, they got a, they got a steal. Uh, no, no matter where you look at them, whether it be the first two first round picks, the uh, trading up to get Kamara, everywhere you look. Um, uh, besides OJ Howard, um, I think that the Marshawn Lattimore was the biggest steal in the draft, and but Tampa Bay, other than that, didn't really make a huge splash in the in the draft, even I, though even I, though they, they drafted pretty well, no huge splashes like the Saints did. So yeah, I'm on the exactly. same boat as you. I think that they drafted the best in the I, South. I was gonna say I completely agree, guys. And the funny part is, so Christian, um. 
when you were saying about Ramchak, the thing is, if it weren't for Armstead going down, he'd probably almost be replaced. Uh, he'd probably be replacing Zach Streif. You think about it, because Zach Streif is getting up there in age. You know, he, he only has so many good years. But unfortunately for the Saints, they they know the injury bug pretty well. So we lost Armstead. Oh, so yeah. luckily, we have Ramchak to plug in there. But I'm looking at the drafts right now, though. You have Lattimore, Ramchak in the first, both great picks. Marcus Williams, who's a ball hawk in the second round. You had three third-round picks, and Alvin Kamara, who's going to be the next Pierre Thomas, Darren Sproles, Reggie Bush, whatever you want to call him, he's going to be it. Alex Anzalone, who helps with the linebacker core, and Trey Hendrickson, who will help with uh, rushing the edge, as will al Kaden Muhammad. So it's a great draft. But on to the next question we've got for it, Christian. Who do you believe will win the NFC South? Um, honestly, I have it. Um, I had it all predicted because I planned on um, doing it mm-hmm. eventually. But the weird thing is, is I predicted all the schedules already on them. And the NFC South is the only division that I have every single person splitting the division series three, 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 okay. three, three. Okay. So that, that right, it, you know, that it doesn't surprise me at all because all these teams, I mean, especially I, I, I know you guys get it a whole lot, but uh, not so much me because I don't know too many Saints fans, but the Saints okay. get overlooked. I, yeah, I, yeah. I truly agree that the Saints, they get overlooked. And people think, oh, you know what? New Orleans, they're going to go 4-12, and 5-11. Honestly, I, I personally have them at 8-8, eight and eight, but they could definitely do better. I have them at 8-8, eight and eight, and that I have them, unfortunately, fourth. But it's, it's very That's close. Right, I, right. I have, I have Tampa Bay at 9-7. and seven, I have Carolina at 10-6, and six, and I have Atlanta at 10-6. And, and I have Carolina actually missing out um, – on um, tiebreaker, and I have Atlanta way in the division. I don't gotcha. think Atlanta's going to have that great of a, a year because they definitely did lose um, Shanahan, and I think it's going to be a very big loss for them. Yeah. Um, I can see how Carolina can win that division. Did you see but how they just lost their GM today, too? Yeah, exactly. Carolina, yeah. Exactly. And that, that's, that? That's, that's also another big... Um, I mean, people kind of overlook that, too. When you lose your GM, it's like, oh, you lose your GM, no big deal. But... Honestly, when you lose anyone in the personnel, whether it's a coach, GM, mm-hmm. owner, right? It's huge, right? Because like, it's, a, it's a big splash, right? Like, it's kind of like, and especially in a move like that, that was kind of out of the blue. Like, that was, I had no idea that that was coming. I don't think anybody did. Um, and Tampa Bay, I'm not too high on Tampa Bay. Um, I'm not too high on Jameis Winston. I don't think, I thought Marks Marietta was a better prospect coming out. I did too. I'm, I don't like he still has issues with throwing the ball into coverages that he shouldn't throw him into, right? So he's if he focuses on that, if he improves, they can do that better than nine and seven. And when it comes to looking at this division, it was definitely the hardest one to predict. Like I said, they went I have every single person splitting the division three, 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 right? Like yeah. I, I I maybe redid this maybe I think four or five times. Like I was just like I just doesn't seem right. So like it's really a toss-up. Like I know you think, oh, Atlanta went to the Super Bowl last year, but to be honest with you, I don't think Atlanta is going to have nowhere near the year that they had last year. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think they'll be the number one seed um, in the NFC. I think that's going to go to Green Bay. I even think I, I have Dallas up there too. Um, but when it comes to the NFC South, when it comes to New Orleans' standpoint, I definitely can see how New Orleans could somewhat squeak, squeak maybe even nine and seven at most. Personally, when you look at when you look at the Saints, when I, I was looking at their schedule today before I came on. Um, they have the brutal. Vikings week one. So I mean, like that's it's it, the first couple. Like I mean, first couple of games are pretty tough. Yeah. And especially week four against the Dolphins. I know that's a very overlooked game too. Miami's not a bad team at all, mm-hmm. right? 
it got um especially we saw with JJ we did at the rent at um uh towards the end of the year but I think New Orleans will start off slow but they'll pick it up I think after their bye they jump into Detroit I think they can win that game off a of bye because Drew Brees off a of bye is pretty much unstoppable um yeah. then they go into Green Bay that's gonna be a tough game to win and then they play the Bears, the Buccaneers at home. I think they'll win back to back. I think the game of their season is I, as as weird as this sounds. I think it's going to become Week Ten against Buffalo. The funny part is I'm going to that game, guys. Max you is are going to that that's game. Great, that's yeah, a man. great game to go to. Um, From Syracuse, going to Buffalo. I think that's I think that's going to be a big big game. Um, people may think why, but it's one of those games that. It's it's not a divisional game, but it's one of those games that you must win. You know what I'm saying? Like Buffalo is a very wild card team. You don't know what you're going to get with them. But I think I think in Buffalo, if you can win that game, then you you'd have a ton of momentum because and that would mean you'd have three straight wins. I think you'd go back to home. I think you'd beat the Washington, and then I think you'd go to LA. You'd beat the Rams. That's five in a row. I think you can beat the Panthers at home. It'd be tough to beat Atlanta in Atlanta, and then I think you can go two and one at the end of the year. And if you guys do that. Who knows? Maybe nine and seven, even ten and six is possible. Yeah. But it, like I said, it's very it's it's very hard to predict because NFC South I find as one of the hardest divisions to predict. Um, it's weird that both the South divisions, AFC South and NFC South, I found is the hardest predictions to predict. Interesting. As the hardest divisions to predict. So yeah, I, I mean, kind of goes hand in hand with the Celts if you look at that. <laughs> yeah, the NFL is so much more unpredictable than any other sport, at least from what I've seen. It's so I mean, oh, base, sure. you can toss baseball in there, but they have so many like football you have only 16 games and it's still so tough and, to and, predict and injury injury ruins yep. your season. injuries and obviously you have 22 starters as opposed to five or nine in other sports so a lot more can happen um uh with with any one of those guys that affects, exactly that affects the ship more than any other sport um so i don't think and, and honestly i don't really think anybody correct me yep. if i'm wrong i don't think anybody really expected atlanta to make the super bowl last year like before the season started like no I mean, people were high up on Atlanta, but I don't think that they really thought that that was their ceiling, like to go to the Super Bowl and have such a huge lead, which they blew, by the way, 28-3 to oh. lead for any of you Falcons fans <laughs> listening. Yeah. Uh, you guys blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl in front of the entire country. Um, but and I don't I don't think anybody really thought Carolina would have made the Super Bowl in 2015 either. So um, mm-hmm. it's, it's so unpredictable, and, and this uh, division is so stacked. Uh Tampa Bay is probably, I mean, honestly, I think Tampa Bay and New Orleans are, you know, I, I would say, I would, actually, I would say Carolina and um, New Orleans are probably the more, the uh, lesser, and uh, in, 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 in the eyes of the national media, at least, uh, the lesser of the four teams in that division. I, I think a lot of I people are really high up that. on Tampa Bay. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that New Orleans is obviously always going to be underrated, but I think the Saints prefer it that way when they're not talked about so much. Honestly, I was about to, I was about to throw that in. I yeah. think that... When it, when it, like especially in the past years, like you said, how there's so many teams that just come out of nowhere. Like even just like outside of your division, like you look at like a team like for example, even I mean like Oakland. Yeah, they drafted well, but Oakland just came onto the seas. Even last year, like everyone thought when Tony Romo went down, right? Dallas is doomed, and like who knows? They came out of nowhere. They finished thirteen and three, right? Like it, like it's yeah. little things. Like who knows? Like people, it's so that's why it's so hard to make predictions because you never know what's gonna happen, and that's the great thing about the NFL. Like I just love how. I mean, you're always on your feet. Like, the, it, like one thing can happen once. You can start four and zero for um, forever. What you know, and then an injury happens, then you lose ten straight, right? Like, it's just like it's it's one of those sports that I mean, like it's bad to think about, like how 
how impactful little things are, but right. at the same time, you just never know what's going to happen. And that's what makes it so entertaining. And that's why another reason why it's, it's so hard to predict, especially this early, I mean, mid July, like preseason just around the corner. But even then, like who knows a preseason injury can happen a week one injury can happen. Like it's, it's just, you just never know when it comes to the NFL. And that's the great thing about it. Yeah. That's why we love it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Tyler, you got any input on that? Um, not really. You guys covered it, but um, as far as NFC South goes, I just really, uh, in contrary to what you guys said, I've got the Buccaneers actually and the Saints. I think those are going to be the two front runners of the division. I think um, uh, what uh, Tampa Bay is doing right now in their offense, I think it's going to be even better than what Atlanta did in their offense last year because wow. I see them with like um, Deshaun, well, they've got Deshaun Jackson, OJ Howard. They've yeah. got so many different guys and. Atlanta, in my opinion, lost so much. So I see them having a Super Bowl hangover. And if the Saints could pick things up, and hey, they play the, they play pretty good when uh, good teams are you know against them. So yeah, who knows? But yeah, the Saints are it'll be interesting to say the to say the least. It'll be interesting. Yeah, and the Saints are yeah. we we've talked about this before, and you brought it up, Christian. The Saints are at such a disadvantage through the first five weeks of the schedule. Uh, you open yeah, up on Monday night. Six, six days later, you play the defending Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, oh, one yeah. of the best teams of yeah. our I generation. Call, I call hacks. Yeah, I'm for great. real. Roger Goodell hates us or, or something, or whoever made the schedule. And then, and then <laughs> not only is that game against the Dolphins tough, which I'm glad you pointed out Miami because they are they are a really tough team. Not only is that game going to be tough, but the team has to travel all the way to London. It's not like they have to travel down to Miami. They have to travel exactly. to London, exactly. a new environment. Okay, it's going to be totally different. So, um, yeah. Uh, but can we all agree that none of us think that Atlanta is going to make the Super Bowl again this year? Like, Hopefully. Oh, if they I, do, I, they'll I, probably choke again. I don't <laughs> think, honestly, I wasn't even high on Atlanta. I'm, I love, I mean, I love Julio Jones. I think he's the yeah. best receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but even when people talk to Atlanta, I do, like talk about them. I just, it kind of like, I mean, they just caught so like they just get too far caught up in oh Matt Ryan has such a great year like yeah Matt Ryan's a solid quarterback but I mean like we've seen him do it before like it just happened to happen that they had a good year and then they went to the Super Bowl and honestly when I I was watching those when I was watching those like when I was watching that game I was like honestly if they win I will actually be pretty pissed and who knows like obviously the better team won because no when you compare them straight up like New England's is better than Atlanta like they're not in the same boat um and like I said I honestly I can definitely see Atlanta missing out on the playoffs. And I'm surprised you guys agree with me. I mean, I can see how you guys would agree with me because you obviously <laughs> wouldn't in it. But, um, like, I've gotten to plenty of arguments this offseason about how I think that Atlanta is going to have a Super Bowl hangover. And I'm, I'm glad to hear it from you guys because I'm not the only one. I, it happens It happens really often in the NFL. Oh, uh, it's, unless yeah, look, look at Carolina. Unless, they yeah, had yeah. a huge hangover. Yeah. Look at unless um, uh, Baltimore, too, the year after they won. And uh, and they won it as a six seed. They won it as a surprising um, team. And Atlanta getting the one, obviously they weren't surprising in the playoffs because they were the one seed. But them getting to the one seed was surprising. So that could mirror what what we've seen in the past. So oh, that, yes, um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to make the playoffs if you're the Saints or anybody in that division. Um, so let's get on to the final question uh, for you. Question been been fantastic to have you on the show. Definitely need to have you on uh, sometime oh, in the future. It's been a pleasure. I've having I've having the time. Let's look forward to the 2018 NFL draft. Um, uh, I guess technically 2018 and 2019, depending on when these guys declare for the draft. Um, oh yeah. As mentioned before, I did do a the five Saints, the Saints, or the five quarterbacks the Saints should look to replace Drew Brees. 
Three yeah. of them, as I said, were rookies, and they're, like I said, the most highly touted uh, rookies. Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and Josh Allen. Uh, Darnold from USC, Rosen from UCLA, and Allen from Wyoming. Um, should the Saints try to move up in next year's draft to select any of those three guys to replace Drew Brees, do they have the upside that the Saints giving up, whatever it may be, a player, uh, more draft picks, are they worth moving up into the draft to potentially replace Drew Brees when he decides to retire? Um, this may shock you, or it may be like, you know what, I've been thinking the same thing, but there's only one quarterback on that list that I would trade up and I would pretty much give whatever they need, whatever they the team would want okay. um, to pick. And I think he's definitely the best quarterback I've ever watched in college since Andrew Luck, and it's Sam Darnold. Okay, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yes. Okay. I think this guy's got a ton of potential. The way he's just like, when you watch him on the field, he's got the build of Andrew Luck, but he's got... The, like the IQ and the arm, the way he's in the pocket, it just reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's definitely special. Like I remember watching this guy for the first time last year and I was like, who the heck is this kid? Yeah. Like, you know, like I was like, what, like, what is he doing? Like, you know, like it's, it's just kind of like, it made me want to go back and watch more of him. And I mean, like he didn't even play that much, but like the way, like the things that he did was like it just caught my eye and I kept on wanting to watch more and more. And I, I mean, I still watch film of these guys to, to this day, and I just can't find a flaw in Sam Darnold's game. And if if New Orleans even has a chance to move up and pick this guy, they would have to move up to number one if he yeah. plays next, because I don't see him not going number one. I think he's, I mean, these three quarterbacks are definitely amazing, but I think Sam Darnold's in a, in a class of his own. I think he's, and that just shows how special that he is, because like, yeah. Josh Rosen, yeah, he's a fantastic quarterback. Like, <laughs> any, other, any other draft, he'd go number one, I think. Same with Josh Allen, like, it's three, like, number one picks, and you just have to get the pick between the three. I mm. think that if you're going to trade up and give up all that, it's got to be for Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah. Because he's just the way – I like, you're, you see me trying to get these words because it's just hard for me to um, explain how special this kid is. And it's I hard just, to fathom, yeah. It, exactly. I think he's going to be fantastic. He's mobile, too. I, like, if you watch his that, highlights, he's, he's – a he's, like, he can move outside of the body. He's not just a, a pocket guy. He's mobile, and that and, – Again, I'm glad you compared him to Andrew Luck because that's who he reminds me of uh, too when I watch him, especially in, at the college level. Yeah, I will say this so too, guys. Just be aware that um, the Saints unfortunately don't have a second round pick next year. Yeah. So uh, if we were to move up, we'd be giving up a lot. Hopefully, we don't pull uh, Mike Dicka and give up everything. Right, right. For uh, uh, just move up uh, uh, for one spot. But uh, I haven't. I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't been following the quarterback cl- uh, clash yet. So. I'm just going to say this, though. The, what we have right now, it isn't awful. Like, let's say something were to happen to Drew Brees. Chase Daniel was a solid backup. Yeah. Sure, he is in the future. Oh, without a doubt. A solid yes, backup. yes, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and so and I also, think, you don't you know, yeah. It, it just depends, you know. Hopefully, I mean, uh, what you guys say is true. And uh, if he's the next Angela, I'm all for it then. That's what I'll say. Because trust me. It's hard, to, it's, hard to, it's hard to say, like, now because, like, these kids are still in college, right? And obviously, you still don't know how long Drew Brees is going to play for because, like, he's that quarterback that you just don't know when he's going to yeah. hang him up, right? Like and I think he, exactly, he's still playing at an elite level, whether how old he is and how long he's been playing for. Like, that's just the guy that Drew Brees is. Like I said, he's yeah. future Hall of Fame without a doubt, uh, first ballot for sure. Um, I think that if they have the chance, like I said, um, if all goes. Uh, if all stays the same, right? If Sam Darnold doesn't suffer a major injury. But if I had to pick one of the three, I'd pick Sam Darnold without even thinking twice. Um, especially like a guy like, even if you if you think, oh, 
Drew Brees is going to play another year or two. Like it's still good to draft Have Sam Darnold because if he gets to if he gets to sit behind Drew Brees, that's like going to Harvard and learning like you know law or whatever. Like you're set for your whole life, right? Like because Drew Brees oh. is that kind of guy. Like it doesn't really get much better than him when it comes in the current day NFL. Like if you either learn behind Drew Brees or Tom Brady, pick or choose. You, they're both are amazing, right? Like right. you're going to learn a whole lot, and I guarantee you that if you get to sit behind those guys. Uh, you'll definitely learn a thing or two, and you can you'll like Brett Favre, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Exactly, exactly. It doesn't get much better, especially like, I mean, like when it comes to veteran quarterbacks nowadays, the NFL, the way that it's changing, it's always good to learn from a veteran quarterback in any standpoint. And no matter how good this veteran was, the veterans always know what's right and what's wrong, and especially good to mentor uh, these young players coming into the league. Yeah, and look how many quarterbacks too. Look how many quarterbacks uh, are thrown into the league. You look at so many different quarterbacks are just thrown in there absolutely fail you know so yeah. i mean exactly. I that's another thing like you know not every single quarterback's gonna have rookie success like Dak did in dallas yeah. or whatever right like i think that, that stuff's gonna happen right but like it, it does doesn't normally happen like look at carson wentz look at jared goff like i mean they didn't have jared goff definitely didn't have a good season but yeah. even carson wentz like when you look at carson wentz season, yeah. season like he didn't have him it was big, mediocre yeah he was mediocre like right i mean he was a second overall pick i'm not gonna give up on the guy but like I just feel bad for him because he was thrown into the NFL, and you can tell that he wasn't ready. Like yeah. when you're watching this guy, like when I was watching his games, like you can just tell like he wasn't up for it yet. I mean, he can definitely be changing if he worked in the off season and stuff. But I, I'm definitely all for it when it comes to rookies sitting uh, first year, even if you pick him first overall, second overall. I'm all for that because I definitely think that it's they come to an advantage because when you finally under center, at least you have all this knowledge in your pocket. You're not thrown into the fire kind of thing. Right. Yeah. One more thing I want to say to wrap all of this up. Uh, it's kind of a two-part yeah. thing, but it's pretty big. Um, when I list these three quarterbacks, it's obviously a, a huge wish list for Saints fans. It's, it's I, I wouldn't say it's probable at all that we get either one of these three guys. Um, and that's for two main reasons. Number one is we don't know when Drew Brees is going to retire. Exactly. Uh, we yeah. don't. He could play until he's 43 years old and <laughs> still be, be nice. slinging the ball. It would obviously be nice. Um, for all Saints fans, because we love exactly as long as he's you know not uh, turns turns into Brett Favre uh, as, as <laughs> at the end of his career, even though it was successful through a lot of interceptions and stuff and pain. Yeah, true. Um, uh, but even if Drew Brees the day like the day before we play the Vikings this season, even if Drew Brees goes, okay, this season is my last. This is my last season, and and then the Saints go, okay, well we're gonna have to prepare, prepare for the future. The Saints aren't going to tank. They're going to try their best. They're in a winning mentality oh. right now. They're going to try their best to win. So we're not going to tank to get, like, the number one overall pick, even though, like, obviously that, that would be fantastic because oh, then that means stupid. Darnold is us. Um, and then, so so we're probably not going to get any, like, top ten pick. If, if all things go right, we're not going to get a top ten pick or, or anything. We're, we're going to be pretty okay, high up. 15 and, 20. and even if it were, like, even if we had the assets to trade for the number one overall pick, Every time a quarterback this highly graded, uh, or really any prospect like this, mainly it's quarterbacks, uh, you look at like Cam Newton, Andrew Luck recently, um, the teams that have that number one pick and are able to get that quarterback, they don't want to move out of that spot. They don't care what you're offering. They don't want to move nope. out of that spot. So whichever team it ends up being. That's uh, just a quarterback, but not Navy team, though. What's that? Oh, yeah. Like, like, well, like yeah. let's say if it's something like the Titans or something, and they have the number one pick, you know, yeah. like. Chances are they probably won't take a quarterback. That's but. true. That's true. Uh, it's kind of like, well, yeah, but that doesn't happen too often in the NFL. Usually, the worst team is always looking for, a, you know, a quarterback. Usually, off, um, off the Browns. I guess off, that off. Yeah, the Browns and 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 um, I mean, like the Colts needed one when they were the worst team. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the Panthers did when they were the worst team. So all that stuff. But 
even if, True. like I said, even if they had the assets, I doubt it's any team, whoever gets the number one overall pick, wants to point, trade though. out of that spot. So and the Saints aren't even close to the worst team in the NFL. Exa- so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, which, exactly. which is obviously good now. Um, but hopefully we don't end up in a very, in like a, uh, what's it called, um, uh, you know, a uh, weird in-between spot. What's it called? Um, you know, like in-between yeah. heaven and when you're alive. What's it called? Like a... Purgatory. It won't be good. Oh, That's purgatory. All purgatory. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the Saints don't end up in purgatory. You know, like <laughs> in the awkward 15 to 19 range or even like the early yeah, 20s, yeah. you know, something like that. Hopefully oh, they, yeah, that's not... they get a pretty good selection. Yeah. So, um, but... Christian, thank you so much for joining us today, man. It was a uh, pleasure, dude, having you on. Thank you yeah, for having like me. Like I said, we'll have to have you on more. Um, go ahead and plug away all of your social media stuff, your podcast. Plug it all away. So, uh, yeah, like you guys already did at the beginning. But if um, if you guys are interested, follow me back. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Catch the Blitz. I just opened up my Twitter actually um, recently. I'm just going to start using it more in the NFL season to pump up news and stuff. But um, go and check it out. If you like it, follow by all means. I'd really appreciate it. That is at Catch the Blitz um, on Instagram and Twitter. And my SoundCloud's also at Catch the Blitz. I'm starting to pump out um, podcasts again. I've been really busy with work and stuff, but I'm going to start um, pumping them out. And I'm going to definitely have you guys on for sure. Heck it's going to go back. I want to have you guys on definitely for sure. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. So uh, go and stay on real quick while we sign off, Christian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tyler, go ahead. Go ahead and plug away. Do, do your thing as we sign Okay. Off. Do my little thing. All right, guys. We just wanted to thank everyone once again for – listening to our fifth episode of the Who That Dish podcast. We can't believe it. Five episodes already. That's awesome. So, where you guys can follow us, uh, our Twitter stuff. Okay. So, you can follow the amazing Dayton Brown at under uh, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow myself, Tyler Raymond, at Raymond Tyler M. You can follow our official uh, a podcast account, you know, uh, the po- Who That Dish podcast. You can follow that at the WDD podcast. Next week, I am pleased to announce that on Monday, July 24th, we will have the Under the Dome podcast co-host Alan Ulrich on the show. He's incredibly knowledgeable, great guy. Great guy. So I'm looking forward to having him on. But what you got, Dayton? Anything else you got for the show tonight? Well, um, yeah. Again, thank you so much, guys. Five episodes in. Uh, yeah. Woo! It's been so much fun so far. I've, I've been having so much fun having guys like Christian on the show and, and uh, our uh, Ty and Dean and, and Matthew and everybody else has been on the show. Been a, a huge help. Michael Casillas, thank you again so much for getting everything yep. set up for us and, you, and, and the teams at uh, Fansided. Um, I'm going to Chicago tomorrow. I know that you already knew that. Uh, Tyler, uh, yep. but uh, for those that I'm don't know, I'm, I'm going on a little vacation to Chicago, so I won't be having any articles out, but be sure to uh, read all the other ones on whodatdish.com uh, and follow the Twitter account at whodatdish, um, and we already plugged away at everything else, but yeah, next week, I'm super excited yep. to have Alan on the show, man. He, he's going he's gonna to be a great guest. I am guest. too. He's super knowledgeable. He's like a it's like a history book. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So uh, be sure to tune in next week, guys. Same time, same place. Uh, be sure to also follow us on Blog Talk Radio, which is probably where you're listening to this right now. Um, so, yeah, again, thank you guys so, so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon.